Do conservatives really believe in conspiracy theories? Did Pierre Polyev really lie about terrorism at the Rainbow Bridge in Niagara? And did Israel really level and bomb a hospital in Gaza? Well, the liberal-funded legacy media told you so, so it must be true, right? Well, it's Fake News Friday, and today we're going through the top fake news stories of 2023. I'm Candace Malcolm, and this is The Candace Malcolm Show. <music> everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast today. Don't forget to like this video. If you're new around here, subscribe to our channel, True North. If you're listening to this podcast and you enjoy it, don't forget to leave us a five-star review and head on over to our website, tnc.news, to sign up for our newsletter. And if you want to support our journalism, you can hit the donate button there and consider becoming a True North insider. Well, today I am joined by journalist Harrison Faulkner, host of Ratioed here at True North. And we're going to walk you through some of the most egregious lies told by the legacy media. That's what Fake News Friday is all about, exposing the agenda, exposing the lies from the legacy media. We each picked a few of our favorite fake news stories of the year. So let's jump right to it. Harrison, why don't you start? So the first story we have here, Candace, as our audience will know, is the hysteria over Christine Anderson, the German-European politician who has become one of the loudest critics against Justin Trudeau over the past few years. She's made numerous trips to Canada. And at the beginning of this year, she did, she, on one of her trips to Canada, she went and visited with three conservative MPs, one of them being Leslie Lewis. Now, of course, the legacy media jumped on this because, in their opinion, anyone who is opposed to mass immigration, anyone who calls out the Islamization of their country must be some sort of racist, hateful, xenophobic, awful person. And of course, that is exactly what the legacy media did. Doing what they usually do, Candace, which is giving the liberal government opportunity to run their own opposition uh, attack ads. That's basically what this was, right? To try and say that conservatives were meeting with this vile, racist, Nazi politician. Now, we don't need to get into all of the details because our audience knows this story already. But the reality is, one, you can't be a Nazi in Germany. It is against the law. Two, Christine Anderson has repeatedly said that she is not not a racist, not a Nazi, obviously. When she comes to Canada, she's met with Holocaust survivors. It's absurd to say that Christine Anderson is anything close to a racist. She just tells the truth. She tells the truth about mass immigration. Now, here's the part where it gets difficult because, of course, the legacy media jumped on this, labeled Christine Anderson as a Nazi, said that the conservatives who met with her uh, were doing something very naughty, very bad. But then, to make matters worse, Candace. Pierre Polyev himself, in response to the legacy media, basically crucified his own party and said that Christine Anderson was a vile racist and that she should never have come to Canada in the first place. I also want to show our audience this clip of a liberal MP basically taking the exact line the legacy media gave them and saying in the House of Commons that Christine Anderson was a known Nazi. Listen to this. I'm just curious if she thinks there should be consequences or, uh, or retromand for members of this house who meet with known Nazis who spread uh, misinformation, disinformation, glorify the Holocaust, who speak against uh, uh, anti-Muslim rhetoric. Uh, I'm just curious if she's talking about online hate and privacy of Canadians and regulation. Does she condemn her actions by meeting with a known Nazi? So, Candace, it's predictable programming, really, from the legacy media, right? They just did anything they could to make conservatives look bad, even lying 
basically lying. I don't know if we can say that. Hold on. So Candace, it's predictable programming from the legacy media doing anything they can to make conservative MPs look bad, even though they just had dinner with a very loud critic of Justin Trudeau. It's unbelievable. Well, it's too bad that you see Pierre Polyev falling to the media narrative on this. One of the things that people love about Pierre Polyev is that he fights back and he doesn't cower. And this behavior, you know, saying like, oh, we're so sorry. Yes, you're right. She's not bad and we don't like her. Uh, you know, that's that's kind of like Andrew Sheeran, Aaron O'Toole uh, conservatism. And that's not what we really expect from Polyev. Sometimes it takes an outsider, um, a, a, you know, a foreign observer of Canada to really say the things that people in Canada don't say or are afraid to say. And I think that's why Christine Anderson's voice has been refreshing. Obviously, you know, you you don't have to agree with every single thing a person says just to you know go to an event with them. I'm sure there's things uh, that you say, Harrison, I don't agree with, or things that, you have, of course, another politician. Politicians say things all the time, so do journalists. Um, but yeah, this whole line that if you criticize mass migration, if you criticize extreme radical Islam, uh, you're beyond the pale is just total nonsense. And I, I think Canadians are had enough of it. I think that's part of the reason the legacy media doesn't have the same credibility they used to. Uh, this is kind of like, a, a sad example of like everything slipping back to the way it was like five, 10 years ago. Yeah, absolutely. There's no reason for Polyev to fall to the legacy media's fake news narratives about a German politician. Canadians support what Anderson has to say. That's why she keeps coming back here. That's why she has such a, a large Canadian following. So there's no need to stab your own MPs in the back. There's no need to take the legacy media narrative. They're obviously trying to discredit conservatives. It doesn't matter what the truth really, really is. They'll just do whatever they can. So, like you say, it was it was an unnecessary error from Polyev there. Yeah, well, let's hope we don't see too many more of those in 2024. Okay, another uh, fake news narrative and story from 2023. I, I couldn't I couldn't not include this story, Harrison, because whenever it comes to anything to do with Israel, there's just this derangement that you see in the legacy media where they just don't like Israel. Like, like if you take a step back, look, like. You could, you could say, I don't like foreign wars. I don't think Canada should have any involvement. You can say, like, look, let people in the Middle East deal with their own problems. Uh, but when you're sort of talking about covering a war, uh, covering like, objectively what is happening, it's like the, the media refuse to do that. They look at the situation in Israel. And it kind of goes to, like, a broader ideological divide, Harrison, because I think, like, generally speaking, liberals look at, at the world of like, you're either oppressed or you're an oppressor. And because Israel is rich and successful and they have an advanced military and they have a developed economy and a developed society, you know, they must be the oppressors. And these Palestinians who live in squabble, squabble because their leaders are terrorists who spend all their money uh, trying to kill Jews, uh, they, they don't have basic infrastructure, uh, they must be the oppressed. And, and, and so there's a sort of sympathy that happens uh, in the Middle East. So from, from, from the beginning of the war, we've just seen story after story after story that legacy media gets wrong. Not only they get wrong, uh, you know, half the time they're using talking points from Hamas, but then they double down and triple down and refuse to admit uh, that they're you know, that they're incredibly biased. The CBC, right off the bat, refuses to label Hamas as terrorists. It's like, okay, fine. You know, they, they won an election, they're a governing party, but their tactics on October 7th were clearly terrorism. They went into people's homes and murdered families. And the entire point behind terrorism is attacking uh, civilians with the aim of terrorizing a civilization and terrorizing society. And that's what it does. Like the idea that terrorists could just enter your home and kill your kids. Like that's the, the, the biggest thing you could do to spread terror. So CBC showing their ideological colors right off the bat. And then, you know, a couple, couple weeks into the war, uh, you saw it again. There were stories and reports on social media in the evening that a hospital had been leveled, that Israel had bombed a hospital. And everyone jumped on it, including the prime minister, the foreign affairs minister, just instantly took Hamas's word that 500 people had died and that this Al-Hali Baptist hospital had been leveled. Uh, as soon as it was morning, 
and there were footage, you could see that the hospital was still standing, that there was no evidence of a huge attack from Israel. And it became pretty clear that it was a misfired rocket that had actually hit a parking lot, not killed that many people, wasn't that big of a story. CBC doubled down it, they kept their story up. And then when the CBC president was testifying in parliament, she doubled down on it again. So it's like, they can't admit that they're lying. They won't admit that they're wrong. A couple more quick examples here. Harrison, the Globe and Mail called, so a couple weeks ago, there was a uh, humanitarian pause in fighting for a return of hostages. In, in return, in exchange, Israel agreed to release some prisoners, prisoners who had been convicted on terrorism charges. Um, and the Globe and Mail called it a prisoner swap, right? It's like you're, you're exchanging kids who are kidnapped for convicted terrorists, and you call that a prisoner swap? You know, the, the, the kidnapped Israelis were not prisoners; they were they were hostages. Another one, the Global Mail, was claiming that all of the all of the casualties on the Palestinian side uh, were were civilian. Here they say thirteen thousand three hundred civilians uh, were killed on the Palestinian side. It's like. You know, Israel says that of of the people that they've killed, five to six thousand were Hamas fighters, right? So, 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 claiming that everyone who died is a civilian, ignoring the fact that Hamas is even there, uh, pretty brutal. And then I think the worst one in this genre of uh, anti-Israel uh, reporting was uh, this story that CTV aired in Toronto, talking about Hanukkah, like purely just talking about the religious festival, the festival of lights, lighting of the menorah. And then out of nowhere, the control room goes to B-roll, which is just the, you know, the secondary footage that they show on the screen. And it showed like the worst footage uh, of kids being pulled from rubble and, and, and bombing in Israel. It's like, you know, Jews celebrating Hanukkah in Toronto. What does that have to do with uh, kids in this like really graphic footage in Gaza? I mean, <laughs> it's just it, it just shows really uh, that the, that there's some pretty deranged people in the legacy media and people who hate Israel, uh, you know, support Hamas and want to tell that side of the story. Yeah, I mean, I think one one thing that's clear is that there are a lot of people in the legacy media who are uh, ideologically driven on this issue. They're not there to really report what's going on. They have their own biases against Israel, and that's become super obvious from the very beginning of this. I think also the CBC not even calling the October 7th attack terrorism, not calling Hamas terrorists. That's, in, that's insane. Uh, they're obviously terrorists. The Canadian government describes Hamas as a terrorist organization, and yet the CBC is hesitant to call them a terrorist group. It's wild. And also, I think the media hasn't learned anything from Ukraine-Russia, right? Obviously, these modern conflicts are played out in social media. People are trying to get the upper hand on social media, and so immediately jumping to conclusions, immediately taking the word of one side, like we saw with the Al-Shifa hospital, immediately taking Hamas's side on that and publishing it as though it's fact, before they even had to retract stories, edit headlines, change the story because it turns out to not be true. Nobody seemed to learn anything from Ukraine, Russia, where again, both sides were putting out fake stories and the media was just taking it at face value and reporting it. That's what the media did here. They, they immediately jumped to the worst conclusion, blaming Israel for an attack on a hospital, which wasn't, didn't actually happen. So media hasn't learned anything. The media is clearly driven by a bias to, against Israel. And if that isn't clear now, then I don't clear, and I'm not sure when it will ever be clear to Canadians. Yeah, that's such a good point about Ukraine. It's like, how many stories were just so embarrassingly bad that like basically came from like a meme or just someone making stuff up on Twitter and the legacy media reporting it as fact. And 
it's like you know with Hamas it's like they're, they're not a reliable credible source they're gonna tell you lies that's their whole like that's that's what they do every single day and it's 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 it just shows how how bad like like how uncredible their reports are that they, these are supposed to be serious trusted journalists and yet when it comes to like the very basics of journalism 101 and ethics they, they, they don't follow it and on such a big important issue like this it's really it's really sad yeah absolutely i'm going to move on to the next story here candace so this story is utterly insane i'm just going to put it out there at the beginning this is now the rainbow bridge incident if you recall a few months ago last month um, there was this there was this concern that during American Thanksgiving there was a terrorist attack at the Rainbow Bridge border crossing in Niagara. Now the reason a lot of Canadians might think that is because legacy media journalists ran with the story saying that sources inside of the Canadian government were initially operating under the assumption that it was terror related. That is a verbatim quote from a CTV news article published at 1:09 p.m. Then at 2 o'clock, 2.25 or so, Pierre Polyev, at question period, of course, not assuming that CTV has just ran a fake story, asks the Prime Minister how he will respond to what is perceived to be a potential terrorist attack. Nothing was wrong with what Pierre Polyev said there. CTV News ran with this story, said that the, said that the Canadian government was operating under terrorist assumptions. Polyev then did the right thing and allowed the Prime Minister to comment to the nation about what is going on here. Then, from that point on, it was as if Candace, the legacy media, just decided that no one was actually going to see that original report, and they were going to attack Polyev for jumping to conclusions, for calling it a terrorist attack. First of all, he didn't say that. He said that media reports were saying that it was a terrorist attack. And watch this exchange. A lot of our audience has seen it, but it just shows you the disconnect between the truth and legacy media journalists. This is a Canadian press journalist the day after questioning Pierre Polyev on why he said that it was a terrorist attack at the Rainbow Bridge. Watch this. Do you think it was responsible for you to call yesterday's explosion by the customs, by the checkpoint at the Rainbow Bridge terrorism when no US or Canadian officials said that was the, or authorities said that was the case, and when the New York governor also said there was no evidence to suggest terrorism activity. Actually, you're wrong. Are you a CP? Okay, so CP, by the way, CP, just for everyone's knowledge, did have to make three corrections for falsehoods that they put into a single article. I think that might be unprecedented. Um, I'm actually thinking about checking with the Guinness Book of World Records to see if there's ever been a news agency that has had to issue three corrections for patent falsehoods that they admit they had been made in one single article, and now you've made yet another falsehood in your question. Um, um, where you are wrong is that CTV reported that the government of Canada was presuming that the incident was terrorist. So, yeah, that was, and that's what I said in my remarks. You're right. It was a media report. But it's citing media reports and not... Which is what I said in the House. I said there are media reports. And you think that's a responsible thing to go on to make that, that kind of a, a statement at the time without speaking? What kind of statement? I didn't. I said there were media reports. That's the distinction we're making, okay? No, there's no distinction. What I said, and I was right, was that there were media reports of a terror-related event. By your admission, 
there were media reports of a terror-related event. And that media report, according to CTV, unless you're questioning their integrity now, came from security officials in the Trudeau government. So do you think the CTV was irresponsible in putting out that tweet? Do you think it was a responsible do, comment do, to make in the House do, of Commons? Sorry, I'm asking, I, I have already answered that. Do you, do you think CTV was irresponsible to put that tweet out? That's none of my business. That's not for me to comment. But you just did comment. You know, I just hope you're not going to print something that you have to apologize for again. So, Candace, if the legacy media publishes a story in which they say that government officials are operating under the assumption that it was a terrorist attack, is the leader of the opposition just supposed to discredit all that when he speaks and, and, and basically say the media is wrong? It's, it's, so, it's so ridiculous. Well, I, I reported on this story as well, Harrison, and I said it was the stupidest fake news story I'd ever seen because the media became obsessed with it. It was like unbelievable how big of a story this was on legacy media, social media, on Twitter, on X. Uh, every single journalist was like up in arms and worked up about how irresponsible it was for Pierre Polyev. You had all the hosts over at CBC. You had their at issue panel. You had all of the political commentators. They were all focused on this story, and it was so stupid. It was like... Pierre Polyev just quoted a CTV story. And, and you can see the evolution of, of the legacy media spin on it because at first they were saying, oh, he's, he's, he's talking about terrorism, that's reckless. And then it's like, oh, no, it's media reports. Oh, he's relying on Fox News. And then it's like, no, no, that, uh, there's a CTV story. And they were like, oh, no, that CTV story came out in the afternoon. And then it's like, no, no, the CTV story came out like an hour before Polyev went out. And they're like, well, the story must have been updated. Like, it was like whatever you came whenever you came back at them with facts, they would just change their attack against Polyev. And it was it was really just one of those like inside the legacy media bubble story that like you have to be so deranged to actually think that this was a scandal, to think this was a big deal. And yet the amount of ink that was spread, the amount of uh, that was spilt on the story, the amount of airtime it got. And then the liberals were brought up the next week again. They were attacking him in the House of Commons, calling uh, Pierre Polyev Islamophobic or something like it's 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 just it's, it's an example of really how stupid how stupid the legacy media is when it comes to their coverage of Pierre Polyev. Yeah, outrageous. Just shows you that the that the conservatives should never should never accept what the legacy media is going to write about them. They'll never they'll never write the truth anyway. So and they'll never give them a fair shake. So what's the point in trying to play to them? They'll never give you fair coverage. 100 percent it's like something about pierre polyev just really triggers the legacy media and they can't help themselves so anytime they have an opportunity where they, they think they've caught him saying something slightly off guard uh that, that they'll attack and it's, it's really transparent well i, I want to talk a, a little bit more my, my next story that i'm bringing is about the liberal government trying to regulate the internet trying to regulate news uh streaming online streaming act you know we talk about how pierre polyev triggers the media i think that there there might only be one or two people that trigger the legacy media more than pierre polyev of, that would probably be Elon Musk and Joe Rogan. Any, anytime those two talk about Canada, uh, you're going to see a bunch of stories in the legacy media about how terrible they are. Well, uh, Joe Rogan just very, very briefly on his com uh, podcast commented on this new uh, this new initiative that the Liberals are introducing. So um, here, here's a, here's a clip, just very brief from Joe Rogan's show. Frozen communist 
Canada. <laughs> so this is the the Liberals Online Streaming Act. Uh, as as soon as this came out, you know, it, it created a huge stir because people are like, "What? The, the government's going to go even further in regulating the internet and, and and news?" And instantly, the Liberals defended themselves and said, "No, no, no. We're not we're not going to regulate podcasts. We're just going to regulate platforms, right?" And so then you had the Canadian press parroting the Liberal government and assuring Canadians that no, no, Joe Rogan's wrong, and the Liberals are just uh, they're, they're online streaming won't regulate social media creators and podcasts. Uh, but of course, in the fine print, Harrison, we see that they actually will. They're, they're going to be <laughs> they're going to be regulating the uh, platform. So they'll, they'll be regulating for Canadian content and they're going to be obviously interfering in the algorithms and imposing their own censorship because they're going to be regulating Spotify and YouTube and the places where Canadians get their podcasts. So it's kind of a distinction without a difference, right? It's saying, oh no, we're not going to regulate True North. We're just going to regulate all the places where Canada uh, Canadians can find True North podcasts. And it's like, that's exactly the same thing, you know? And, and it's interesting to see how this happens, Harrison, because Anytime the Liberals introduce a new plan to to either bail out the media or to regulate a different aspect of how Canadians get their news, you see legacy media journalists jump up and defend them, right? Defending them, saying, no, 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 it's not as bad as you hear, or this is what's really happening, or whatever. It's like, again, in a free country, in a free press, you would see journalists criticizing the government. You wouldn't see the journalists always playing this defense role of trying to explain how actually the criticisms are wrong and actually what the Trudeau government is doing is just fine. We see this over and over again. Uh, just the other week, Harrison, when the uh, Trudeau Liberals announced their fall economic update, and part of it was another $125 million bailout uh, to news agencies. It came in the form of a tax credit that allowed you uh, to, to write off up to 35% of someone's paycheck, so up to $30,000 per employee in the newsroom. And you had a bunch of journalists being like, this isn't a bailout, it's just a tax credit. Like, it's totally different. It's like anyone who's ever run a business knows that like money in your bottom line, that's that's a bailout, right? That's the government giving you extra money to hire more journalists and to pay for journalists. So anyone saying that's not a bailout, they clearly just don't know anything about economics or business. It's, it's, it's so pathetic, and, and yet you saw it by, from so many people. You would think, Candace, that if, the, if these journalists were getting all of this money from the government, they might have some interest in trying to maybe even pretend to hold the government accountable. Pretend as though the money that they're getting from the government is not obviously influencing their coverage, but they're not even trying anymore. It's like they, don't, they don't, really don't care about perception. They just know that Maybe Canadians are just going to accept this. We're just going to accept that all of our major news outlets are being paid off by the government and the government is just going to parrot their talking points. It's, they don't really seem to have any interest at all in telling the truth or trying to discredit the fact that, no, the money we get from the government isn't in, impacting our coverage. Speaking of this, this next story is exactly in line with that. Out of nowhere, seemingly out of nowhere, the Canadian press decided to publish a story which said that, and this is the headline, by the way, conspiracy theories are popular in Canada, especially among conservatives, Paul says. So, so that was published in the Canadian press, and of course, the legacy media have just take, take those articles and republish them immediately on all of these different platforms. So you had CTV, CP24, and the Globe and Mail. That headline, which is obviously partisan in nature, which is obviously targeted at conservatives and is aimed at making conservatives look bad was just published without any concern at all. And then something strange happened, Candace, because of course, when all the legacy media outlets tweeted out this article, the Can Canadians gave them pushback and said, what, what is this garbage? It's so, this is such a patently absurd article. 
CB24 and CTV News changed their headline. They, they removed any mention of conservative at all because obviously it's so obviously partisan. Except for the Globe and Mail. The Globe and Mail didn't bother changing their headline. They thought, oh, that's fine. Now, this is where the article gets ridiculous. One of the conspiracy theories that apparently conservatives believe in is that the mainstream media manipulates information. This is a direct example of the mainstream media manipulating information. One of thousands of examples, Candace, of the media doing this. And yet this is supposed to be news. It's, it's ridiculous. This is really the perfect fake news uh, story for 2023, Harrison. I mean, look, like when I first opened that article, I, I read it. I was like, oh, give me a break. And then, I, and then I started reading it. It was like, oh, Canadians believe in flat earth. You know, some Canadians believe in flat earth and whatever. And talking about real conspiracies, right? And and then all of a sudden they kind of sneak in. Oh, and 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 this percentage don't believe in uh, the the effect the the severe effects of climate change. And you know here now we have some stuff about the COVID vaccine and about whether COVID was invented in a lab. And and then and and then and yeah the media thing. And it's like they kind of just like went from real conspiracies all the way down to just like things that have actually factually been <laughs> proven true. And and look both sides believe things that aren't quite true. I mean people on the left still believe Russia gate. They they still believe that somehow. Russia Russia interfered with the 2016 election and that Donald Trump isn't the legitimate uh, president of the United States. I, I'm, sh I'm sure lots of liberals and left-wing Canadians still believe the robocall uh, scandal uh, that was completely invented by the legacy media that was never proven in any way, shape, or form. But they believe for many, many years that Stephen Harper had stolen the 2000 election, uh, 2011 election in Canada. Like, they never mentioned the things that left-wing uh, Canadians believe. They just only make it about the things that, that conservatives believe, which obviously this is just a complete hatchet job uh, from the beginning, and no one should take these people seriously. Yeah, it's, total, it's totally pathetic. I mean, what, just actual facts are now conspiracy theories that conservatives believe in, as if the mainstream media didn't manipulate basically every single story during the pandemic, as if they didn't manipulate basically any story during the Freedom Convoy. It's absurd and, and so obviously partisan that no one should ever take these people seriously again. It's just, it's just not worth anyone's time. Well, I, th I think that's a perfect place to leave it today. So uh, Harrison and I will be back next week. Uh, you know, next week is Christmas, so we hope you have a wonderful holiday with your family. Same to you, Harrison. And we will be back uh, this time next week uh, giving you our, the, the, the finals. We're gonna, we're, we've, we've held the four biggest fake news stories of the year. So we'll be back uh, with that for uh, the end of 2023. So thanks so much for tuning in uh, today. Again, Merry Christmas. Have a great one. And we will see you back Next week, it's Fake News Friday. I'm Kettis Malcolm, and this is The Kettis Malcolm Show.